I shouldn't have spoken to you in the way that I did. However, I'm not apologizing for what I said. Mm. Yeah, mm. I shouldn't have said it in that way because that was out of order. That was low level aggression or whatever. But I'm not sorry for the message I'm trying to convey. Mm. Yeah, that's that like the thing about apologize for ourselves. We shouldn't apologize for our needs and our wants. It's, it's again, it's down to the delivery. Just imagine if everybody was honest about how they felt and what they were struggling with, how different would the world be? And instead, but people hide away from it out of fear of judgment and criticism or upsetting other people. Help Me See is a podcast based in intention, purpose, and heart. Vulnerable, real conversations challenging the norms and empowering you to harness your intentional vision for your purposeful life. Around here, we're not about the small talk. We're unpacking all of the unnecessary crap that we've carried with us for far too long. Some of these episodes are solo style. I like to call them my little audio journal with my innermost thoughts that leave me thinking, am I the only one that feels like this? And then some super inspiring guests having conversations that I truly feel like are needed in today's world. Listen into a new episode every Wednesday and leave inspired by your everyday with a deep piece of knowing that you're not alone and have the innate power to make this life count. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Help Me See. Uh, this week is a really good one. I mean, I'm biased. I like all the weeks, but <laughs> this one is one of those topics that just kind of hits me in the belly and lights me on fire in many ways. <laughs> I will not apologize for my truth making you feel uncomfortable. It's huge. It, it's conversations about, you know, your own personal freedom and that of others, conversations about boundaries, conversations about just living in integrity uh, with yourself and with the world around you. And I couldn't be happier to have this conversation with Donna Mills. Um, Donna is someone who I've met in the last year in this one of the programs that I've been a part of. And right off the bat, we could tell that we <laughs> connected in an instant kind of way. Um, Donna is a holistic healing therapist specializing in energy healing, one-to-one soul coaching, tarot readings. She delivers workshops and hosts a podcast herself called Living Authentically the Messy Way. Um, I really believe that you guys are going to love Donna. So I encourage you to go take a peek at the show notes if you want to learn a little bit about her. I've uh, put her links there as well. And before we hop into the show, I do want to remind you that I have um, for a limited time, a free masterclass that I have linked in the show notes. And also uh, you could find it in my link tree in my Instagram. And that's a masterclass on why photography is the secret key to creating the life you're meant for, whether you're a pro or not. This is about your photo taking, your personal photo taking as almost a meditative practice, as a way of living deeper into and understanding more of your life and using this everyday habit that we all have as a way to supercharge the depths and the intention with which we're living. It is hands down my favorite topic in the world to talk about. I've created a whole online course about this topic. But registration for that course, Manifest Your Memories, is actually closed right now. But this would be the next best thing. 
hop on over, click on the link and be sure to join the wait list uh, to be the first to know when my enrollment opens for Manifest Your Memories. Now, without further ado, on to my conversation with Donna Mills. So hi, Donna. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. You can see this dog behind us there trying to get under the bed because oh. my office is in someone's bedroom. So yeah, hopefully you'll settle down. But yeah, that's living authentically. That's the life of <laughs> He's getting comfy. He's getting excited for the chat. I have been looking forward to this chat for I don't even know how long Donna and I have been... <laughs> Looking forward to making this happen. And here we are. The stars have aligned and I cannot wait for this chat. Um, So before we jump into our topic today, can you just tell us a little bit about you and your background and your story and kind of what's led you here today to where you are? Okay, so um, currently um, a, I'm an um, energy healer. I also do tarot, a bit of mediumship. Um, but I suppose, you know, what my main purpose is, is, is trying to help people connect with their, with the, the sense of self, the true sense of self on a bit of a soul level at the moment. Um, but prior to that, I did do, um, more hands-on direct work with families and communities, um, where substance misuse was an issue. So still kind of healing, but from a slightly different perspective, um, and I've think I got into all of that because I had you know quite a lot of trauma myself particularly in childhood um and it's been an ongoing process of dealing with that and um and overcoming that and then also helping other people to do the same um and being able to connect with people on that level um and to be you know as the podcast says being able to live authentically um and how freeing that is so that's that's a bit of who I am and what I do. I do it in a variety of different ways. I also do one-to-one coaching and things like that as well. And I've been dying to have this conversation with you. <laughs> We've been planning this for months and months and months. And here we are finally. So, and you mentioned the podcast. Let's just talk a little bit more about that because that really dovetails into what we're talking about today quite nicely. Can you tell us um, how you came up with your podcast and kind of your why for that? Okay. Um, so obviously we met on Kathy Heller's program, the made to do this and she was encouraging us to, to do a podcast. And, um, but prior to that, we had to, to find out our thing. We, you know, had to send out questions to people. And, you know, I found that the reason why people came to me was because they knew they would get that, um, honesty, validity, you know, all that kind of, you know, really support that support that helps them value and like validate themselves and from other work that I've done I've worked with like like women in recovery from addiction and really helped them try to um learn those skills on how to develop more and I try to do that within this uh, made to do this but the questions that we had to send out were around vulnerability I'm a huge vulnerability fan um and I knew that in order to answer those questions about vulnerability, the recipients had to be vulnerable and that fell flat on its face straight away. (laughs) So, right, how else can I do this? How else can I get this message out to get people to feel more comfortable with being vulnerable? A podcast. Because people can listen um, anonymously. um, And then, you know, I'm very, very, very open about my lived experiences 
and um, very comfortable with having difficult conversations. There is not a topic I won't discuss in one way or another. So I thought, well, why not use the podcast as a platform to talk about those things that I know I'm not the only person that experiences these things. But in the moment, I may be one of the few people who are comfortable and confident enough to talk about it so that listeners can be and realize they're not alone. They're not the only one. And also, I suppose, by witnessing the progression that I've made, that you can live your authentic life, but doing it messy, like the title of the podcast is. Nobody ever gets things straight. Nobody ever think get things right. But that's okay. And you've got to be okay with that. You've got to be okay with that. And that, again, is just extremely freeing. Being okay with mess ups. I was going to swear there, but I thought I best not. Um, <laughs> I do <didn't> it. <laughs> Being okay with all of that stuff and forgiving yourself. You know, we all make mistakes and serious things. You know, like I did a podcast with my daughter and I massively, massively messed up when she was a teenager and it had a really bad um, impact on her. Um, I had two choices. I could either deny it and run away from it and let my ego take over or I could put my ego to one side and be like, I've got a face up to this and own it. And our, our relationship has grown no end. She's now 26 um, and she's on the podcast with us. It's just all, those types of conversations to reassure people out there, talk about all, all kinds of things. Um, again, that I think people feel or experience but are a little bit afraid to talk about openly. So that's what I do. Right. And, you know, a huge pivotal part of what you're saying is like kind of the idea of being able to model what you believe is, is the way to this like feeling of, you know, freedom for yourself um, Mm -hmm. and how being comfortable being the one to say maybe the less popular and the less quote unquote comfortable thing um, for the greater good, not only of yourself, but of others. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think this is like the best time to dive deeper into what we're talking about. I'll just say it. The idea of, I will not apologize for my truth, making you feel uncomfortable. I think it's such a huge, I mean like monumental topic because not only do I mean this in the biggest way, but in the smallest ways. And I I actually think the smallest ways are the most important ways to pinpoint this because I don't even think that it's realized in all of the ways it permeates our days. Um, I'll just, the smaller ways I think about um, for me was like when I came back from maternity leave, we had spoken about this, mm-hmm. um, when people in the most well-meaning and innocent way was you know, how are you? You must, that must've been so lovely. And then when my response would very honestly be, no, actually it was really, really hard. Um, I had a really hard time and it was pretty terrible, (laughs) you know, and I felt those pangs of like, Oh, did I make that person feel uncomfortable? Do they, are they thinking that I'm ungrateful for my baby who I love or whatever? But I, I had this deep core feeling of like, no, it's so much more important for me to be honest and say this because I know from my experience that if I had had some awareness of others feeling like this, I might not have felt the whiplash that I did when I dropped into postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And then also, even though that was like such a well-meaning question, it's important for others to realize when they're framing these questions to someone else in a way that like tells them what their answer should be. Yes. 
it is so much more isolating and it is just like this vicious cycle. So, you know, taking those opportunities, even small thinking, oh, they didn't mean anything by it. You know, it's important because it, it starts the conversation and it puts these little red lights on, on these behaviors that could be so damaging to others. You know, what are your thoughts about this, Donna? And what is your experience with this? Absolutely. 100% agree. Um, we conform too much to um, only express things that we feel are accepted and acceptable by society. Um, and that leads to, I believe, nothing but damage. Um, again, I, I, one of my, in fact, my very first podcast was about when I found out I was going to be a grandparent and everybody around us was like, oh, that must be so exciting. Oh, you know, I bet you really, I bet you can't wait. And I'll, Comfortable enough, thankfully, I wouldn't have said this 10 years ago until I started learning more about shame and authenticity and things. Um, I said, actually, I, I have very mixed feelings about it. And you see the horror on people's face. And I've, when I say I've stopped caring about that, I don't mean I'm brutal and cold. It's just that how you receive what I'm about to say is not my responsibility. You've asked me a question and I'm going to be really honest with you. Um, I have mixed feelings about it for a number of reasons, primarily because my daughter had mixed feelings about it. Um, and again, she the, the shame around that, like how dare she not be grateful or ecstatic or over the moon that she's about to have a baby. But what people never or rarely understand is there's a lot more to a person than they're presenting pregnancy. You know, she had issues with mental health that she'd just overcome. She'd had three miscarriages. She doesn't mind us sharing all of this, all of this information in the, in the podcast. Her health was um, being investigated at the, at, at the time as well. So in that moment, for me, I was like, I'm far more concerned about my daughter than what I am, who is here, than what I am about the potential of, a, of an unborn grandchild. Of course, it's, you know... Now that he's here and he's three months old now, it's absolutely wonderful. But I didn't want to be put in, put, have any pressure put onto us about how I should or shouldn't be feeling. And because of that, like thankfully, my daughter was very open with me about how she was feeling. Um, but not everybody has that privilege, I would say. And too many people go around their daily lives, living their, you know, their experiences, unable to express themselves freely because of fear of judgment or upsetting other people. And like you say, you know, it's the, the whole title of, of, of this uh, podcast is I won't apologize for that. Like it's, it's not, you know, there's a difference between being outright rude and offensive and upsetting people that's something that you kind of really do need to work on and apologize. But if you're just being your authentic self and you are talking about things that are a little bit taboo or not go against the grain, um, we should let, we shouldn't need to be apologizing for that. You know, it's not our responsibility for how other people take that, but it does put an awful lot of pressure on people. It does. It does. And I feel that too often, um, I think that it might be perceived as, well, it's just me. It's just, I'm just feeling uncomfortable for a moment. It's not worth it. It's not worth, you know, saying the actual truth because it'll just hurt this person's feelings. And I know they didn't mean it like that. And while yes and yes, like it might make that person feel uncomfortable. And yes, I'm sure actually they didn't mean it like that, but there needs to be this correction because mm -hmm. this snowball effect that's happening from it is just 
it just grows bigger and bigger and bigger. Absolutely. And the more people see others speaking openly about things that go against the grain a little bit, the more it reassures people that, you know, you can speak your truth. You can, you know, say what's really on your mind tactfully. Do you know what I mean? You know, we're not going about dropping truth bombs left, right and centre like social hand grenades. You know, we are, you know, being very considerate and tactful. But the more people speak more openly and honestly, just imagine if everybody was honest about how they felt and what they were struggling with, how different would the world be? And instead, but people hide away from it out of fear of judgment and criticism or upsetting other people. I, I think about how there was a comment made about my family who I always believed to be so, you know, they're New York Italian in your face and very honest and everyone's going to know how everyone feels at any given millisecond in time. Um, and I remember one of the first comments I heard from my partner is like, Oh wow. You just always know where you stand. And I laughed, but you know, thinking about it, like that's a very, um, although it could feel abrupt and it could feel like abrasive maybe, but how, how refreshing is that, that there is no guesswork after, Mm -hmm. uh, a scenario occurs of like, I wonder how, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, it's just, it's all out on the table. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think recovery is really important in those types of situations. You know, when people are talking about how they're feeling and even if it does maybe get a little heated, which isn't ideal, it's how well and how quickly you recover from that as a family, as a relationship, as a couple, as friends, whatever. Um, you know, but again, that that's about, <laughs> putting your ego to one side and listening to what the other person has to say and not taking it deeply, deeply, deeply personal. Obviously, some people are just outright offensive, you know, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about just being honest and sharing how we feel, you know, and being able to, the strength of a relationship, the strength of those two individuals is being able to quickly recover from that um, and respecting each other's opinions. But for me, it's all about delivery. If you come at me with an aggressive tone, pointing fingers, you statements, I'll just I just shut down. I, I, I shut down from it straight away. But if you come at us with an open, you know, um, presentation, and it's uh, you use more I statements or we statements, um, I'll listen to what you've got to say, even if I feel uncomfortable hearing it. That's I think something else that we have to do, learn more to be better at as a society, is to feel the our moments just to feel them and sit with them rather than go, no, that's not true. No, you're lying. That's not, that's not what happened. Just, you know, hearing something about yourself that that might be a little bit uncomfortable and going, Oh, oh, that's done a little bit, but I'm not going to let my ego take over, but you're probably right. But I'm just going to sit with that for a moment because it kills. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And why does it sting? Instead of like the lash out, why does it sting? I think that is, and you know, if we, not that this is about like a how to in any sense, but like if we could put a little bullet point next to anything about like, well, how could one go about starting to live a little bit more in this way? I think what you're saying in like the delivery is huge. Absolutely. You know, finding your own words that make it feel comfortable for you to express your true, truest self. Because of course we've all heard like the templatized versions of like a way to like go about, you know, parenting or this or that. And I think it, 
it falls very flat when you're like, okay, that sounds like a robot. That doesn't sound like anything I would say, or, Mm -hmm. you know, it feels irrelevant. Find the verbiage that sits well with you. Um, that makes you feel more comfortable in speaking your truth. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, as you were talking about what you were saying earlier, it made me think about not only is the benefit of being that deeply honest version of yourself in any given situation, not only is it freeing for you and authentic, but it gives that relationship the opportunity for such a deeper intimacy, right? Like it's like you're both or whoever, whoever this is um, concerning, it gives you an opportunity to be seen in the shadows, in the not favorable light and Mm -hmm. being okay with that, like gives such opportunity for growth and like a deeper connection. And I think that that is overlooked. I think that we think that sometimes if we are sacrificing ourselves and like this pain and like shouldering it on our own because we love this person or because of this or that, that we're doing a benefit or a service, but really we're doing a disservice, right? To the relationship Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. there's such opportunity for growth. Can you speak about that or your experience around that? Yeah. I mean, you just have to look at the Johari window. You know, we all have a hidden self, not a hidden self, sorry, a blind self. We do have a hidden self as well. We all have a blind self and we can't see it. There's no way we can see it. Our blind self can get smaller and smaller and smaller with the more self-development, the more reflection or more self-awareness we do. But there's always going to be that blind self. Um, And I do think it's important in growth to be able to hear what that blind self is. Obviously, though, everybody has a different opinion of who you are because they see you through their interpretation of who you are. Every person who you know on this planet will have a different interpretation of who you are because we see people through our own eyes and only with the ability and the experiences that we've had. So our blind self might be different from everybody else's perspective, but being open to hearing that is really important. We might agree, we might disagree, um, but it's important to be open to that um, for your own growth, certainly for the relationship. My husband and I are really good at communicating with each other, thankfully. And there's times we have conversation. It's like, I need to tell you what's troubling me. But instead of going, you do this, you do this, you do this. It's like, this is how I feel about this. What can we do to put this right? Because as soon as you start pointing fingers, again, it's the delivery and blaming and all that type of thing. You just shut people down and they're not interested in learning that blind part of themselves. Something I heard uh, just recently, uh, specifically around the outcome of any given situation between two people, it's like, it's important to decide what success looks like before mm-hmm. you go into it. And um, it was, I, I believe her name is Kelsey Murphy. She's a, she's a coach. And she was saying that like, if I come home and I'm, you know, talking about work and how, you know, this thing played out, maybe I do want comfort and I do want help like solving this issue. Or maybe I just don't, maybe I just want you to listen and like pour a glass of wine, you know, and it was so right. And it's such a little thing. And when the way she said it, it made so much sense because it's like just taking that moment to be like, okay, I just want you to listen to me right now. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, okay, I really want your help on this. Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) immediately set you up for a more successful interaction. 
Absolutely. I mean, it's become a bit of a joke between me and my husband and myself. Obviously, you know, we've developed together over the last six years as well and that we've been together. Um, but there's be some times that I'll, you know, be very um, generally female. I know this is very gender stereotypical, but I'll come home with and I want to emotionally offload. And he is very generalized. Male will go into, well, what you need to do is, and I'm like, no, all you need to do is put your arms around us and go, that sounds really shit. It sounds like you've had a terrible day. You know, like, come here, everything, you know, it's all going to be fine. Like, just, you know, but he goes, right, oh, so what we need to do is, and I'm like, I'm capable of solving my own problems. I promise you, I just need you to say that sounds shit and really validate that I've had a shit day. (laughs) But we just laugh about it now. As soon as I'll, he'll go, oh, I'm problem solving. Aren't I? I'm like, yes, I just need a hug. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Do you have like, a, you pull on your ear or you just go like this? <laughs> I just say it. I'm like, this is not what I need. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Without, without, I don't get too caught up in it. I don't go like, oh, there he goes again. I'm just like, this is not what I need. But again, that's been through conversation, really, really open, deep conversation about what we expect from each other, what we need from each other. Um, and not being afraid of taking that risk of having that difficult conversation because that's yeah. a very vulnerable. You're in a vulnerable position. If you talk openly about your feelings and your needs and your wants, you've got no control over how that's going to be received, what the outcome of that conversation is going to be. Um, for all I know, I could be going to a conversation with my husband talking about something that's troubling us. He could say, do you know what, I'm done with this. And every time you have a conversation with somebody that's emotive, that puts you in a vulnerable position, that's a, that's the risk you're running. Yeah. But to say nothing is definitely damaging. Yeah. To say something is only potentially, and I'd rather take the risk. Right. Right. Exactly. I similarly, I uh, told my partner, I'm like, here, let me give you a cheat code because he's very laid back and I'm, not as much. And I think that our, not as much, how forgiving was that of myself? I was much laid back. <laughs> no, but like, and then I think our partnership, even though it's a nice balance, it sometimes exacerbates those traits. Mm-hmm. And so I worry a lot. And, you know, I told him like, here's a cheat code insert before any response you give me. I understand why you might feel like that, but, and then say whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a validation that's a yeah. validation that's all we need is, yes. you know if somebody starts a conversation with um i understand straight away because i used to teach communication as well and that was one of the um the seven parts of effective communication that's one of them as soon as you say to somebody i understand this must be really difficult or you know if you want to complain to your partner about something just say look i understand that you work you're really stressed out with work at the moment you instantly bring down those barriers that defense you know you're saying look I get it I get it I get things are tough things are hot whatever but we need to still deal with this you they they feel that empathy they feel that you're alongside them rather than dismissing their needs or whatever it is that's going on for them as soon as you put in I understand um it just lowers that defensiveness and leaves that conversation a lot more open oh hugely hugely and I remember one time I was coming back from walking the dog and the dog we were living in San Francisco and he had eaten some I'm just gonna say it he eaten some poop and let me tell you I didn't think that it was another dog I thought it was something else (laughs) and I was like 
freaking out. And he goes, Bianca, he's a dog. And I'm like, and the award for the least helpful thing you could have possibly said in this situation, like this was my child. <laughs> I was going to say sarcasm is never helpful. Never, ever, ever helpful. <laughs> <laughs> he's a dog uh, and that is irrelevant um so you just mentioned um uh the uh, seven effective what would seven, seven steps effect- to effective communication would you mind diving in a, just a little bit into that because i feel like that's part of this conversation I'll try, and li- I'll try and think of them off the top of my head okay so okay. the first one is to keep it um succinct okay um anything more than three sentences is a nag Mm. if you and you'll even think about that yourself like if you're listening to someone who is having a go any more than three sentences and you just switch off so keep it brief keep it brief you need to get everything that you need to say into three sentences wow powerful it's just short and sweet done yeah um the other one is be specific Okay, so talk about exactly what the issue is instead of going round the houses, um, <laughs> which you're really good at. Um, you know, and then the good example of that is you might try to be really understanding with, I understand things are really difficult for you and I know this is probably I'm making a big deal of it and, and I don't really mean to and I'm probably going over the top. Oh, you've switched off already. I'm bored. Right? I'm bored. Right? <laughs> Just get it out. Just say what it is you're trying to say. Um, what else is there? Um, another thing about being specific as well, I learned this particularly with my son who has um, ASD, um, autistic spectrum disorder. You can't say to a child, well, you can't behave yourself. What does that mean? What do you actually mean? You're not telling us what you want us to do. You've been too general. Um, I used to say to my two daughters, um, you know, go and tidy your bedroom. They knew exactly what I meant. If I said to my son, go and tidy your bedroom, he might straighten his bed, he might empty his bin, and that's it. And the rest of the room's a tip. But I didn't say exactly what I wanted him to do. So that just causes a miscommunication straight away. Um, what else is that? Offer an understanding statement. Okay, so that is like we were just saying before. I understand that work's been really, really stressful for you, but it's really not okay for you to come home and shout at the children like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, so again, that just brings those defenses down. Um, Label your feelings. This is a big one. This is that I statement I was talking to you about. Instead of coming in and saying, you make me feel this, or, you know, going off in one, just be like, I felt really hurt when you said X, Y, Z because I felt like you were judging us. So if, if I'm talking about me and my feelings, you can't tell me I'm wrong. Mm. Yeah. If I'm telling you about what I think about you, that's an opinion, and opinions yeah. aren't facts. But you yeah. can't say to me, no, you're not hurt. I'm like, you can't. You can't tell someone they're not feeling what they're feeling. So using I statements and labelling your feelings is really, really important. And offer of help. You know, that's that kind of we stuff. How can I help you? How can we put this right? Um, and take responsibility for your part. This is the hard part. This is the hard part. I shouldn't have spoken to you in that way. What I do, right? And <laughs> it's a little bit, possibly a little bit um, passive aggressive. But I'm like, I shouldn't have spoken to you in the way that I did. However, I'm not apologizing for what I said. 
Mm. Yeah. Mm. I shouldn't have said it in that way because that was out of order. That was low level aggression or whatever, but I'm not sorry for the message I'm trying to convey. Mm. Yeah. That's that like thing about apologize. We shouldn't apologize for our needs and our wants. It's, it's again, it's down to the delivery. Um, mm. But I learned that from Robert Myers, who um, who's an American, who um, developed a program called um, Craft Community Reinforcement and Family Training, um, working with families with addiction. So I learned that communication stuff through him because I used to deliver that in a in one of the jobs I've had previously. Mm. Yeah, I mean, every point, every point of those just felt so like an intuitive hit. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, yes, I could see how the 47 layers of how that would help Mm -hmm. just any given situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that all of those um, pointers obviously would be hugely beneficial in helping with the conversation today that we're having of like speaking your truth. Like, mm-hmm. and if it's super hard for you to do that, and if you feel like, uh, like almost like choking when like you're in the moment where you're like, I really want to say this, but I'm afraid to offend and you know, X, Y, Z. Like if you go through these bullet points, I feel like it could be hugely helpful and being able mm-hmm. to like articulate how you want to proceed. Exactly. I mean, you can't do, you, you can't do all seven steps and be brief. So you can't do all of them at the same time. Otherwise, yeah, you, you can't, you're out running number one straight away. But certainly okay. using the I statement, which is talking about how you feel, giving the example of when and giving the reason why. And then on the end, adding on what you would like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's less than three sentences. It's only two sentences. And there's been no accusations. There's been no blame. There's been no finger pointing. You just, you know, talking about your needs um, and your feelings and then looking for a solution, you know, but, you know, I suppose accepting responsibility for your part is in, in a, when the communications broke down, especially. Yeah. Accepting yeah. responsibility. Um, yeah. yeah if, the, if communication's broken down or there's been um, an incident that's happened where, you know, there's always, there's two, it takes two people to have an incident, to have an argument. And there's always, it's always a time for reflection. Like, how did I handle that? What was my part in that and taking responsibility? It does not mean taking responsibility for the other person though. Mm-hmm. Absolutely yeah. not. Just, just for yourself yeah. and your part. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, um, so this conversation really feels so needed for me right now. I, there was a conversation that I had, seen on a Facebook group that really bothered me. And it, I saw so many different layers of what we're talking about in it. And it was just someone had posted looking for some support. And the comments that were coming to this person were, it was like comments that were shameful, like sh- putting shame on this person. They had like come like talking about like the mixed feelings of actually a pregnancy. Like as we were mm-hmm. talking about earlier, and they're saying, you know, this is inappropriate. And there are people here that really want this. And it's like, it stunned me that someone could put that shame on someone else that was coming, looking for help, mm-hmm. speaking their truth mm-hmm. in the defense of, you know, the defense quote unquote of, you know, people struggling with something completely opposite, but like, so like the intention of that person was not harmful 
-hmm. However, it was completely um, being harmful to the person that was seeking the help. And I feel like these situations where we feel so passionately and strongly and there's so much stigma and there's so much baggage around a topic, I feel like this is like the bigger conversations that we're talking about, the more important, you know, venues that can lead to change that can lead to this like way more, um, I don't know, comf- not comforting, but like this supportive, a way mm-hmm. more supportive viewpoint. Um, but how do you feel about that? I, I, I think that, um, it's, it's, I don't feel it's fair to criticize one party because of another party's experiences. Those two things need to be held separately. Um, you can, you know, just because one group of people are struggling with something and the other people, group of people are maybe, um, not enjoying that experience doesn't mean that both aren't valid. And we have to learn to keep those things separate. You can have compassion for one person and still meet the help meet the needs of the other. Um, by by supporting someone who's on one side of the fence doesn't mean that you are ignoring or minimizing the impact on the people who are on the other side of the fence. Um, but equally so, it's actually none of our business. Yes, that's it's none of our business. And shame, shame is like shame's. I'm trying not to swear. Shame is the the biggest bitch of them all. I'm just going to say it. You know, shaming people is, it's just awful. It's debilitating. And it says more about you as a person, actually, rather than the person that you're trying to shame. Um, but I suppose this is where living authentically and stepping into your own power and owning your shit and um, taking responsibility for your past mistakes, you become shame shame just slips off you and by that I don't mean you become shameless you know that's quite reckless that's you know but like I've owned my shit and I've made mistakes I've took accountability I've held my hands up to it so I don't feel shame around that it is so freeing but what that also means is that if you bring that conversation up to me and I'm like yeah you're right I did mess up I made some really quite potentially tragic decisions while I was growing up and learning and finding my way in the world and dealing with my trauma and all that type of thing um but but it doesn't have a hold over us anymore because when you're living in shame obviously you don't talk about it that's the one thing that shame doesn't want you to do because the less you talk about it the more you have and that's shame's whole purpose but if you don't talk about it you can't ever find a resolution you can't ever find, you know, that you can't ever heal from that because you can't talk about it. Um, people who try to put that shame on you, like I say, that says more about them than you. But yeah, it is. It's just so, so it's just so freeing. Like it's not to not care, but it's like, yeah, I did that. And that was who I am. And I've learned from that and I've moved on from that. And when you live in, if you haven't dealt with that shame, you're always running from something. There's always that fear. And I say a lot of people maintaining relationships, friendships, whatever, because that other person knows something about them that they feel really ashamed of. And the fear of if I end this com- this relationship, all of that shit's going to come out. And people stay in quite toxic situations out of fear of what might be spoken about them 
or they're unable, like I say, to move on from their own mistakes or their own trauma or whatever because of the shame of talking about it. Like we just need to get rid of that. It's just so unhelpful. Um, like I say, if you've owned your stuff, no one can hold anything over you. And that's mm-hmm. so, so, so freeing. This is, yeah. And this is like the under the underbelly of this whole conversation of like, I will not apologize for my truth, making you feel uncomfortable. This is the shame and the silence, the shame that leads to the silence or the shame that causes the silence mm-hmm. um, and how important and pivotal it is for what you said about the the separate, how separate all of everyone's unique lived experiences is like when you are saying um, just because this experience is valid and this experience is valid doesn't mean anything negates each other. Mm-hmm. Like when I thought when I had postpartum, something that kept cycling in my head is like, how dare I? Like my baby is not in the NICU. My baby is okay. And he's healthy. Like, how dare I feel this way? How helpful is that? It is like, of like that has nothing to do with the situation. Like mm-hmm. me pull, thinking about, how other babies and parents are suffering is nothing to do with my own suffering. And putting that shame on myself was like the least helpful and the least Mm -hmm. relevant, Mm -hmm. you know, and just being able to speak to that and give it air. And what you were saying, like, doesn't mean you're shameless. It doesn't mean like I'm invincible and I could do whatever and it doesn't matter. And I'm forgiving myself, but like holding that weight makes it so much more powerful. And what you're saying, I never thought about it like that, but like, yes, shame wants the silence. Shame wants to like make you feel like, you know, like trapped in it um, and heavy. It grows. It's yeah. Because it grows and grows and grows. The less you talk about it, the more it grows. So the more you talk about it, the more it shrinks. Um, but yes. shame doesn't want you to do that. Right. Right. So release, relieving ourselves, releasing ourselves from the shame of it just by speaking our truth and, you know, taking that uncomfortable, really what it is, is like four seconds of speaking those three sentences mm-hmm. is so freeing and so expansive and so healing. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, it absolutely starts with self-forgiveness though. It really does, because, you know, if you can't forgive yourself, you um, really struggle to seek it from other people. Not that you necessarily need other people to forgive you. Um, You might feel like you need to, but forgiving yourself is the most important thing you can do in terms of starting to deal with shame. Um, I don't mean making excuses or anything like that, just forgiving yourself. I was doing the best that I could at that time with the information and the knowledge and the experience that I had. I now know better and different or wiser or whatever. Um, But we have to forgive ourselves. It's so important um, to be able to move forward and to start dealing with shame and to start freeing yourself and to start living authentically. It absolutely starts with self-forgiveness. Oh, this is so powerful. This is, I mean, I, I, it kills me to even end the conversation. We could probably have this conversation 47 times over, mm-hmm. but, um, this has been amazing and illuminating. Can you please let us know, like, how can our listeners find more of you? Where can they find more of you? What are some of your current offerings? Mm-hmm. Tell us all yeah, that. of course. So you can find me on Instagram, and, um, Facebook, um, Gaia Holistic Therapies. Um, you can also find me podcasts on Spotify, Apple, whatever, um, lots of different listening platforms. And the um, the podcast is called Living Authentically the Messy Way. I do everything messy. 
I don't deal with perfection. I don't do perfection. I don't strive for it because it doesn't exist. Um, so I do everything messy. You'll, you'll hear as well on my podcast, I don't edit them. So all sorts of crazy stuff goes on in the background, but that's just my life. Um, so what I'm working on currently, so there's kind of two different angles to what I do. is the spiritual side and the self-development side. Um, <clears throat> but I'm currently working on a universal energy healing course. It's a four-week course, but you can do just two weeks and then you can do an add-on for three weeks and an add-on for four weeks. Um, and I'm also working on offering some uh, one-to-one spiritual coaching at the moment. So that's the projects that I've got coming up. But I've always got on offer tarot readings and um, and energy healing sessions as well. Um, so that's what I'm up to at the moment. And obviously the podcast. Oh, just that? Just that. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> so exciting. I will link all of these in the show notes um, so you can find more information there. Um, Donna, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. And um Please, if you if you love this conversation, go on and listen to Living Authentically the Messy Way. I'm sure that you will not be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode and want to get in on actual conversations with me, join the Help Me See podcast private Facebook group. Every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time, I'll be hopping on live for Q&A on the latest episode and for free consulting if you need a bit of help thinking about ways to save your memories. Did you get something out of this episode? I really, really, really hope you did. And I would love to hear from you. I'm on a mission to empower you to feel peace knowing that you are not missing your life. One of the best ways that you can support me is leaving a review. And honestly, I'd rather hear about the memory you saved because of this podcast rather than any kind of accolade. Tell me how this podcast has impacted you. And one, I'll probably cry. (laughs) (laughs) And two, I'd love to give you a shout out on the show. Take a minute and head out to the link in the bio to write a review now on the podcast.